love you. So, uh, Greeny. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal this from you. Just. That's fair. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> because two weeks ago. But also, I just want to ask you, are we doing this film because it's our first film in it, our first film in April? Is that what you're doing to us? Is that why you it, chose Are you film? saying, is this an April Fool's joke? Is, is that what you're this, saying? Is that what you are doing to me? Is that what this was? Uh, I, yeah, I think so, actually. Um, a little bit. Because, like, I didn't watch this film. I'm not going to. I totally just going to. I just read the. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm fucking with you. We are recording this on April Fool's Day, so it does feel a bit like an April Fool's joke. It does feel but like it's, an April Fool's joke. Yeah. But it's no. airing later, so it doesn't It doesn't apply to you listeners out there, you lovely, lovely couch potatoes. Yeah, it's just a prank on me. Yeah, it's just a prank on, on old faceless over there, and I'm the green traveler from Gorsh. And I am Faceless Leon. This is a podcast about movies and TV called Green Faces on the Couch. Badoom boom. And, and, and you're back listening to us. And we love having your beautiful little ears here. Because uh, we're going to talk another Nick Cage film. Uh, you've already clicked on it. You already know. Uh, man, no. Knowing. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. Yeah, knowing. That was terrible. I always, I always feel like it should be the knowing. Like right. the shining. Something. Yeah, yeah, because it, it does have that feel a little bit, a little the bit. The Shining, yeah, yeah, like 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 the the ring kind of has that feeling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say yeah. it's trying more for a, a ring like atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, that little, like yeah. doom and gloom. There's there's there is uh, forces at work that are driving the character towards something that they have no idea what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's Despite oh my god, is it something else? <laughs> it is something else. I will nobody knows. Uh, I will preface everything we're going to talk about with the fact that Roger Ebert gave this movie four out of four stars, and I remember, <laughs> I remember when he did this because this movie came out in two thousand nine. I was sixteen. I was following him pretty regularly by then, and uh, this movie came out. He gave it four out of four. I was like, I have to go see this film. Mm-hmm. And nobody would go see it with me, so I waited until it was rentable on DVD, and I rented it on DVD, and I watched it, and I was like, he gave this a four out of four? <laughs> was he high? <laughs> so, I, that's all okay, say. I will up front say that this movie is not the worst movie. It tries. No, it, no, yeah. It tries. It has some interesting things, but there's just so many moments that I'm like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a very weird hodgepodge of amazing and what? Yeah. And <laughs> okay, I guess if you want to, sure. Yes, yeah. exactly. And even even Nicolas Cage's performance, I think, is honestly a pretty damn good performance for him. His performances it's, it's, are always pretty damn good. <laughs> His performances are always um, a work of art. I will die sure. on this hill. Yeah, it, that is true. It is always <laughs> artful at, at the most. We love and, you, but no, uh, I agree. In, in regards to like mainstream cinema acting, his uh-huh. his performance here is very similar to that. It's very, it is trying for a a more traditional 
you know, tone. Like it, it's yeah. kind of like his national treasure kind of at, yeah. you know acting. It's it's a blockbuster so he's, acting. He's a quieter Nicholas. Yeah, he, he's, yeah there's this not. This is not the Nicholas that was in The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> or or in not. Wicker Man. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. No, yeah, he's he's much less. Uh, even though this is a very dramatic film, he is much less over the top dramatic. He is yeah. he is more focused on point. There are some hilarious scenes still, and uh, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk the uh, the great plot that is knowing. Yes. Uh, first off. It's directed by Alex Proyas and written by Ryan Douglas Pearson. And then the couple, the married couple, Juliet Snowden and Styles White, who what? are the Yeah, they're the Juliet Juliet Stone and Styles White, the, the married couple who wrote this film, were also the writers of Ouija. So I've already oh. in a way talked about them. When I made fun of that movie a couple episodes back. <laughs> okay, so the reason why I was like, why I cracked up is their names, um, just their last yeah. names, Snowden and White, and they're married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you don't have to take. Hey, I'm you don't sure have to take know. your name. Huh? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't think so. But they're still the same name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> White Snow. <laughs> and just like White Snow, and you would think, oh, cocaine. That's kind of what their movies feel like. Cocaine. Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> Ouija and this film. <laughs> this There's film is much better than Ouija, um, I will be honest. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed watching this film. I'll say that. Yeah. I haven't watched Ouija, so I can't say. I... Don't remember enjoying it, but I think it it might be funnier than I remember it being. It's been sure. a very long time, because and well, I was so not the sober. The first time you went to see it, you were like wanting to see a serious horror movie, but perhaps on rewatch, it'll be better. <laughs> it's really funny. It's like I went to see a serious horror movie with Ouija, hated it because it was bad, and then I went <laughs> to see a campy horror movie with Ouija Origin of Evil, and was terrified because it was good terrified. <laughs> The whole franchise well, is fucked, man. That'll be a sequel smash, maybe this uh, this October. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 there's so many things I want to put in Halloween, right. and it's just like it's hard sorting through what's what's needed up front, what's needed for this year. What's but, needed for this year? Yeah, you know, you know we'll what? have meetings about it. We'll have our our big corporate meetings where we get all the the government agents and everything in the room, and we all talk mm -hmm. it out and figure out what our plan is for the schedule. We'll, we'll do that. We'll. We'll mark out a weekend. I I kind of, you know, if I might be able to make a suggestion or mm. a request, uh, I, I think I could do a little, just one zombie episode. I don't think we yeah. did zombies yet. Oh, well, we did the, Ar the Army of the Dead or whatever the fuck that was, that Zack Snyder stuff. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, no, that'd that be fun. Something. Yeah, we can do a zombie threesome. We'll okay. pull some like some good, uh, good zombie flicks throughout. Sounds good. Look at oh, us. Oh, Look at us avoiding knowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't even realize I was stalling. Uh, so this movie, we'll just jump right in. We got John Costler. Costler. Uh, yeah, Kostler, Kostler, Co Kessler. Yeah. 
I said two out of three of those, so maybe. Um, so John, <laughs> Professor John, the cage, he uh, teaches the cage <laughs> astronomics. I think I don't know. Fuck. That he he was throwing around a son and talking about the heat and shit like that. Anyhow, he has a son named Caleb, who he raises alone because the mother acts. Uh, uh, accidentally. I don't remember actually how she died. Now that I think about it, I think she probably got sick. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember either now. Actually, I, they yeah. they mention. Uh, it was either an accident. No, 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 no. It was an accident. She died in a fire. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> say it was either fire or drowning, and I couldn't remember which. It's fire. Those are like it was precise fire. opposites. There was like a building that caught fire, and she was in it, or something. Mm. Uh, so this movie is about tragic accidents or natural disasters and stuff like that and for some reason some knowing yeah so oh caleb by the way is played by chandler canterbury i i think he did a pretty good job you know i i think both the kids in this did a pretty good job uh you have yeah. uh laura robinson who plays uh lucinda who 50 years before our current story put a picture in a time capsule along with the rest of her class. But instead of drawing something, she wrote down this long list of numbers that covered the page back backwards and forwards. Yeah. And ridiculous. When they dig up the time <laughs> capsule, they give that particular Lucinda's letter with the, with the code, with the knowing in it. <laughs> They give the knowing <laughs> envelope to Caleb, and he opens it up, and he says, oh, there's a sandwich in here. Somehow there was a sandwich in there. It was a knowing sandwich, and he ate it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he I was had like, what the, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Where, at, where did you go? No. Well, it, it, but oh, seriously, yeah. as soon as he starts reading the, the numbers- he, he gets, he, he gets all the of a creepy whispers. Hearing stuff. Yeah, the creepy whispers. Uh, yeah. And it's not which, good. Which Lucinda was hearing as well. She was hearing yes. that throughout the whole thing. And I remember when this uh, when this movie came out, I don't remember anybody I knew watching it, but I did talk. I, I did have one kid in school who wrote, like, he just filled up papers, like notebooks oh. with equations. He would just fill, like, you know, top. To bottom, left to right, every single space filled with an equation. So wow. it was, you know, is uh, seeing this, seeing this, this uh, Lucinda writing a crap ton of numbers down. I'm sure it probably seems weird to most people, but when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I got one of those in my school. That makes sense. Somebody would, <laughs> somebody would that. definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like you're all supposed to draw this beautiful picture that you know, 50 years in the future, some other kid will open up and be like, "Oh, this is a picture some kid drew way back when." It's supposed yeah. to be cute, nice little moment. And one of them just submits <laughs> a sheet lined with fucking numbers. And it's like, yep, all yeah, right, I guess. Sure. Nice. <laughs> uh, that is not necessarily how uh, Miss Taylor felt about it. She was like, "You're supposed to be drawing a picture." Though she was very yeah. sweet about it. <laughs> and she, Miss Taylor is played both by Danielle Carter in 1959 and Aletha McGrath in 2009. She is still, she comes for the ceremony of 
taking out the time capsule since it was her students. And then after that, John, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say by happenstance, uh, later on in that night, John Nicholas Cage realizes that his kid kept the the paper numbers even though he right. was supposed to return it. And after right. he puts his kid to bed, and after he starts drinking heavily because he is also an alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, but that's not really addressed in this movie at all. It's just constantly really. shown. <laughs> not just really. Like beating in your they, head. That they this try dude to drinks. give him some character growth, which which I think they do accomplish. But yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a, just another side fact of this character, but one that is just a little too beaten into your head because he he takes a, quite a few many sips in this film. It was, it was right. after a while, I was like, okay, we get it. He is drunk. I got it. Yeah, yeah. But, but he only <laughs> drinks. It seems at least at first he's he only drinks after he puts the kid to bed. Um, yeah, and but but and he, and he it just is blackouts a and couple days. Of glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely gets worse towards the end, but that's because of what he discovers about the numbers. Right, uh, and and <clears throat> what he does discover while drunk that first night, uh, he's looking at the numbers and he, he discovers a, a pattern, a sequence that yes. some of these numbers resemble a date and time and uh-huh. a number of people killed on that date. So, like, the first one, of course, Sometimes. being in the late 2000s, uh, the first one that he recognized was, you know, November eleventh, uh, November September eleventh, two thousand one, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, Sorry. well, that <laughs> sticks out clearly because that was, you know, nine eleven. That makes sense. So he he googles it, sees how many people died on that day, and that's the number that follows that in the pattern. He's just like, what in the fuck? And that's what that's one of the, honestly the the funnier scenes of this movie uh, in regards to Nick Cage's acting is the yeah. the nine eleven scene because <laughs> yeah. it's just. <laughs> him just doing this simple research on the computer and then like having like epic music in the background where it's just like <gasps> he's discovering the pattern it's yeah and he's totally so Nick is totally being like what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> come what on what the fuck <laughs> I do remember he does a good, come on, no. No. <laughs> so funny. It's no. not that. It's not that over the top. Uh, but then he but goes and gets his friend, uh, I believe, I believe Phil Beckman, uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn, who has uh, become more popular with like Dark Knight Rises and, and he's in Marvel now. He's in Captain Marvel. Taros. He was. Jalos. Jalos. Jalos? Talos? Talos? Was it Talos? Hold on, I can search this. Talos. Talos. Is it Talos? Um, yeah, he Talos was Talos. Talos is in Skyrim. Uh, and in Captain Marvel, he was the... <laughs> he was the uh, scroll. Ah, uh, Is that uh, the yes. scroll people? Okay, okay, I remember now. Yes. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben he, he, he tells Mendelsohn. his friend Ben. You know, he shows him the paper. And he's like, look, Ben... All of these events, because there's a bunch of them. He researched a lot of these events, found a lot of them appearing on this paper that was, again, 50 years ago, writ- uh-huh. written 50 years ago. And so he's just like, this is impossible. I know. I know I'm going crazy, but I just needed to show but you this because- You just have to take a bite of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you have to take a bite of the sandwich. You have to understand that what I'm, what I'm feeding you here is the truth. Yes. And- and Ben, acting like a normal human being, is like, bro, 
You need to calm down. Yeah, you and need for to go some home. reason, he yeah. keeps on calling Ben Mendelsohn Phil Beckman. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's just like, you need to calm down. You need to go home. You need to. Uh, you just need to sleep it off. You know, you're going crazy. And like what Nick is, what uh, John Kessler is is focusing on is that there's more dates that haven't happened yet. There's future yep. dates that predict awful things. And the whole paper ends with uh, what he stupidly, for some reason, takes to be a 33, but a very blocky 33, almost as if it's just two E's written backwards, uh-huh. which it, it clearly is two E's written backwards. But for whatever reason, he's like, I don't know why it ends in 33, but whatever. That that part was dumb to me. The the, the mystery of the EE is dumb, I think. Yeah, I still don't know what it honestly stands for. Oh, it's when he flips uh, spoilers, if you're going to go out there and watch Knowing. Uh, when he flips the mattress and Lucinda's home, when they, when they yeah. go to Lucinda's house, he flips right. the bed and it says everyone else. So it's the end of the paper because everyone else dies. It's the apocalypse. Yeah. So it's yeah. That's what it that's what it stood yeah. for. That's why I thought it was just dumb. It's just it's like just write dumb. EE. Yeah, just write EE. You don't need to make this dumb like why is it ending thirty three? I don't get it. It's like that's not a thirty three. It. <laughs> this damn kid from fifty years ago didn't know enough. <laughs> oh. Give yeah, me that sandwich. <laughs> But uh, he he starts to uh, realize one of the things that Phil Beckman pointed out is there are a lot of blocks in the notes of Lucinda's paper, a mm-hmm. lot of blocks that are not figured out what they are. You know, Nick didn't have a solution for them. There's always like eight, I think it was like eight number string patterns in between the dates and the amount of deaths. And he can yes. never figure out what those numbers Don't meant. Figure it out. So spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yes, spoilers, spoilers, yes. But he 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 discovers while stuck in traffic because uh, he was supposed to go pick up his kid, but he was too drunk to remember he was supposed to go pick up his kid. Uh, yeah. But he's he's in there now. He's he's in traffic waiting, and he looks at his GPS and he sees the coordinates match the next date. On the list, the next future yeah, date of many deaths. That's some coincidence big... written into film. Yeah, for fucking real. <laughs> but he, he's just like, oh my god, all the missing things are, are coordinates. They're they're all locations of where the big event's going to happen, where this terrifying, deadly event is going to start or take place. And I'm at the next location on the day that this is supposed <laughs> to happen. And so he gets out for whatever reason. He gets out. and He's just like, okay, I'm gonna walk up and see what the traffic accident is up ahead. Maybe uh, 81 people died in that traffic accident because that's how many people are supposed to die, I guess. Yeah. Well, he's lucky he got out of his car because uh-huh. while he's out of his car, one of the most awesome, <sighs> hilarious action scenes in, in cinema happens, and it's it's a plane com- crashing. Like right next to him, like <laughs> yeah, it, its wing like cuts across the road, and then it like smacks its belly onto the earth and just explodes as it skids along. Yeah, and the passengers and, obviously are among those eighty-one dead or how many ever the fuck. Right, um, and some of the people in the cars who the the plane yes, just yeah hit. the the plane just cut through these cars. Uh, oh, yeah, man. it was fun to watch, but man, like 
it and I was like, man, that was such that was a lot of fun. I like that, and the effects were honestly pretty good too. And then I thought yeah, to myself, bad. air traffic control is so on it <laughs> that they would have had that road clear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would have had some warning. You know, the, there is police in the streets, so there was radios there already. Yeah, like I, yeah, they definitely could have done something. Yeah, but like they would have started no honestly away unless they were like right next to the airport because planes fly really high in the sky like really high (laughs) (laughs) but they're also going incredibly fast yes they are crash crash time is probably less than a minute i would say yeah so it's like you really think so less than a minute they're like i don't know i'm just trying to i'm trying to think of like it it depends on what caused the accident i don't think they mentioned what caused the airplane to go down no, but they like don't. I can imagine, I can imagine it being really fast. They fly, uh, thirty-one thousand to thirty-eight thousand feet in the air, and that's about five point nine to seven point two miles. And I know they're going really fast, but that's a long way to fall. Like you don't even parachute from that height. Right. When you jump out of a plane. So, like, I at the angle, at least, that that plane was falling, they had some time to be like, hey, it, it and, you know, they got computers that do this math uh, that help them nowadays. It's not like the 60s. <laughs> okay. So, this isn't a very educated guess, but it would right. be about two to three minutes. Okay. Okay. Now, that is pretty quick. But I think it's quick enough yeah, I don't for think... them to be like, "Hey, we're going down, we're going down," and uh, and that they they know the vector because of their instruments, and because of Victor, what? <laughs> they know their vector because, because they, of Victor, because of Victor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they all Roger, had Roger. their knowing sandwiches for lunch that day. That was what the in-flight plan was, the in-flight meal rather. So. They can get an educated guess of where it's going before it hits, right. and they they are in constant contact with air traffic control. Air traffic control would immediately alert the authorities. The authorities were already there. <laughs> <laughs> but they were handling an oil spill they, or something. They were handling a car accident, but all they had to be was like, hey, everybody, out of the cars. Go in this direction. <laughs> That's all they had the, to do. And but I guess the problem too is what if what if the course shifts and they've just guided everybody <laughs> into where the plane actually goes down? Okay, but like those police officers had no worry about this. They did not know no. this was going to happen. They had no idea. Yeah, I'm not even like honestly going to try to defend this movie. It definitely has potholes. <laughs> it definitely has a bunch of weird issues. I don't really – I think the plane scene, though, in and of itself is fun. Yeah, I think it is a very interesting scene. I did see one review that said a lot of people were laughing at that scene in the theaters. Yeah. Which I can understand. It definitely has a bit of, of uh, unintentional comedy and the yeah. fact that, like, scale and scope, like, distance in, in general feels so off in that scene. Oh, sure. Like, I'm sure that plane was actually – 
many, many feet away from Nick Cage. Oh, but when yeah, it yeah. skids through the cars, it looks like it's literally just like two or three cars lengths away from him. Right. And when it when it explodes, it looks like it's just like a tree that's maybe a hundred feet away from him. Yeah. Like and it's it's like wild. a fireman it's, it's like he has played in several other films. He just dashes towards it. <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah, he's gonna. I don't know. I mean, it was, yeah, it's pretty funny. Like there was one scene where he's like standing in front of the uh, the the engine, like the the propeller right. jet kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm thinking back to Lost when a guy got sucked in that and exploded, and I'm like, oh. don't stand in front of it. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It's still going. <laughs> Lost has been out by this point. You've seen this. Yeah, and, and everybody watched Lost. It was the talk of the town. I will give it credit. I think that is a two minute long shot. I think it's a one consecutive shot thing. It took them two days to set up. It took them two days to film it. And so it's just like, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of effort that went into the action scenes because there's a lot of them in this movie. It's not just that plane scene. There's a there's a train scene. That was pretty hilarious that, you know, there's a lot of big disaster scenes that they really did go pretty far out for. And I, I want to give them credit for it. They did a good job. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I I do too. I, there's a lot of really good action scenes in this film, as you are arguing. There's a lot of things I like about this film, but there's just too many moments where I'm like, what the fuck? What is happening here? And it, it, it all boils down because it's like the 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 events are getting worse. They're all building to something bad. Nick Cage has come across uh, Lucinda's ans- uh, not ancestor, uh, the other one, um, descendant, her Abby. granddaughter. Yeah, Abby, Abby. Thank you. It's played by the same actor. It's the same. I think at least the IMDb website says it's the same actor. Oh, who played Lucinda too? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, her and uh, what's her daughter's name? Is it Grace? Is that the right? Grace, yes. Uh, okay, played by so. Nadia Townsend. Uh, no, no. Oops. Diana is Rose Diana. Bryn. Byron? Burn. Burn, yes. Okay. That's the daughter? Is it Diana? Or is that the That's mother? Lucinda's daughter. Lucinda's daughter is Diana. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry, I'm all backwards yeah. on this. A- Anyways. Abby and Lucinda, Abby being the granddaughter of Lucinda, are the same. Plays. Gotcha. The same she actor. also plays Lucinda. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I'm on. I'm on board with you now. I understand. Nick runs into Diana. It kind of creepily, almost yeah, honestly. Very that much. that scene. Yeah, that scene where him and where his his kid and Abby are pulling it off. Caleb and Abby are, you know, just doing the thing kids do where they're just like, oh, cool, another kid. We're going to have fun. Yeah. And and Nick is just kind of like awkwardly hovering over the the other kid's well, mom. is like, that's that's my kid. I'm his father. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, it almost seems sweet at first. And like, Diana's like, you know, he seems like a nice guy. Maybe if he asked me out, I'd be cool with that. Which, you know, they have to throw in every movie, even though the world is right, going right. to die in a, in a month or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It seems like at first they have a lot of time, but the yeah. time just passes so fast. Like, where does the time go in right. this movie? I swear they said there was yeah. like a month, and then all of a sudden it was today. <laughs> yeah, then it was just happening. Yeah, and also, like, I think they mentioned that his wife died just a year ago before these events. Oh, really? So, it's just... 
Maybe not. Maybe it was a little longer than that. But I remembered it seeming very short time that he was just like immediately, we got to give him another love interest. <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> we don't, but okay. We don't. Especially but, not yeah. one that's, I, I don't know. Rose seems only quite, s- quite a bit younger than Nicholas. And, you know, I have nothing right. against that. Really, and it, and it doesn't really go anywhere. The trend. They don't like. I don't like the trend in in media, I, right? Yeah, but like they don't actually do anything with it. Like he reveals pretty immediately that he only sought her out because she is the descendant of Lucinda, and he's like, "Hey, your mom wrote some weird shit, and all that shit is coming true. And when those when that shit comes true, lots of people die." And I gotta have, I have to figure out how to stop it. And then she's just like, oh, what's the next date? And he tells her and she's like, oh, that's the date she always told me I would die. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, people are fucked up in this movie. Yeah. And like, (laughs) (laughs) Lucinda, most importantly, and all of her offspring, I feel for them. I really do. (laughs) But yeah, it it all boils down to the big EE, everyone else. They discover that's the apocalypse. And Nick becomes like, just embroidered with the idea like i have to stop the apocalypse how is this even possible mm-hmm. and and then also throughout the whole movie the kids are being haunted by the the whisper men the, yeah these which, creepy... those are interesting i just wish there was more before the reveal like right right something something to make them just a touch creepier which i feel like maybe even hinting at it as a spoiler which sorry i don't know I mean, it's it. I don't. I think I yeah. do recommend this movie because it is interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, it feels the best way I can describe it. And this is going to sound. I mean, I know it is an insult. It, it definitely coming out of my mouth is an insult, and I'm sorry because <laughs> I know a lot of people love this guy. It feels like a Dean Koontz story. It feels like <laughs> you know, it, it feels like a pretty decent horror thriller. Like, because there are some good horror thriller elements in this. It is it is most certainly not a horror film, but there are some slight elements, especially with the Whisper Men. When you see the Whisper Men, there's a lot to them that feel kind of like a sci-fi horror. And that's where it just feels like a, a Dean Koontz, where it's like, in my opinion, discount Stephen King. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very decent, well-told horror thriller. But it's kind of rushed and kind of made, you know, one after the other. Like, it's kind of, it's on a conveyor belt. And that's kind of how this feels. It feels like there's a lot, there was a lot of thought put into it. There was a lot of effort put into it. Somebody thought they were making a really high tier movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm, I'm curious if they had tried to be more serious about it, if they had been more cemented in the atmosphere and in the storytelling if it would have come across better or if they had been if they had taken themselves less seriously if it would have been more fun mm-hmm. you know if it would have just been like a popcorn end of days film maybe it would have been even more fun i don't know what we got though i think is still enjoyable i guess i'm going into my closing statements if you're okay yeah, with it that. sounds good yes yeah. yeah i give it two and a half stars i i do That's enjoy it i do rating. recommend it it's interesting, as you said. It's interesting. It is bizarre because it it's like it's trying to be based in fact, but it just is not. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when you realize that kind of stuff and, you know, you're trying to be in the movie, it's like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I just, I do recommend it because it's a fun time. And I think the parts that I have problem with are, I actually find really goofy and it's almost uh, endearing. So I give it a face, you know, like I said, go watch the movie. It's, it's fun. But it is, I can't say it's a good movie. (laughs) Maybe it is. I don't know. I just can't say. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. I guess, I I guess. Have we been watching too many Nick Cage movies? Like, is it getting harder to tell? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. We're getting, we're getting saturated in the the chaos of it all. I will also say this film does have a uh, young Liam Hemsworth. Oh. There is that. Was he? I don't remember who. It says here that he was Spencer. I don't remember oh. him. Oh, it Spencer just... was the friend that Caleb kept on bringing up, but I don't remember meeting him. Huh. I don't remember him at all. But it, on Wikipedia, it says he was there. So, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> You've been mentioned, famous person. Don't sue us. <laughs> There's a lot of famous people that we didn't mention, I think. But yeah, but he's like... Close to A tier. I see. <laughs> Close to. I got you. Yeah. That's kind of... He, he's not, he's not A tier, but he is literally a direct relation to A tier. blood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, he himself is good enough actor to be A tier. He's just I not as, so. you know, he's just not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's got, he's, he's got not, a little bit of a shadow. Oh, you think they have to put him in the universe? To yeah, yeah, he's got going. he's got to be in the MCU. Yeah, Here, that's the... take this sandwich; it will give you superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's guaranteed almost surely he'll get an X Men role when they bring in the X Men. They'll get Liam Hemsworth in there. X Men so bad. I know I have I no know. professional experience. I have that's like they could be looking for that though. They could be. You never know. I really they could think be looking I for... could play Hank McCoy. I can sound smarter than this podcast. Okay, I promise. Yeah, get him. Get him to get everybody out there. Just contact Disney right now. Well, let's see how the "Don't Say Gay" stuff plays out first. Okay. If, if Disney, if Disney caves to Florida, then maybe don't contact them. But if Disney continues to stand up to Florida and yeah. you know oppose this stupid yeah. law. Then, then contact them and give them the faceless Leon's name, specifically yeah. that. Tell them, tell yeah, them we got a person for you. Should take uh, take up the faceless Leon. He wants to play the beast. Don't worry about him not having a face. It'll it'll be fine. He he can make one. Well, yeah, exactly. Think of the think of the savings on production you can literally yeah. just like wait are you able to turn color uh no can you go it blue is definitely oh, okay. silly putty color all the way <laughs> so they'll still have to they'll still have to spend some money on production to make you blue yeah. but you can change your face to look pretty like yeah beastly. Have to, i have to paint on the eyes too unfortunately oh. i can still blink though but your acting talent is through the roof like yeah that alone yeah yeah Thanks, and I you really can hang upside that. down by your feet I can. You got ridiculous feet. I do have ridiculous feet. And I could give them thumbs if you wanted to go that weird route you did in first class, but I don't recommend it. That was weird. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. I wouldn't recommend going that route. Well, that's our show. (laughs) (laughs) I have been the green traveler from Gorsh. And I have been the Faceless Leon. Thank you all so much for listening. My microphone was a little bit closer this time, so if I was poppy, I 
apologize. Please check out our Patreon if you would at patreon.com slash greenfaceless. See you next time. Safe travels. And good night. Bye. <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.